48K News. One o'clock, I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines, the Democratic Party says it's not yet ready to decide whether to contest this year's LegCo elections. The government says cruises to nowhere should start by late July at the latest. And the Carrie Lam administration's decision to inoculate asylum seekers gets the thumbs up from a community group. The Democratic Party says most of its supporters have told it not to run in this year's LegCo elections, but the party is putting off making a final decision. Under Beijing's electoral changes that are expected to be endorsed by lawmakers today, LegCo hopefuls will need the blessing of local NPC delegates and other subsectors of the election committee in order to stand. The party's chairman, Lo Kinhei, says some pro-establishment figures have been persuading him and party members to run, but they won't decide till September. I don't want it to be an emotional response. I want it to be a very broadly discussed topic. The discussion should be how it is the best for Hong Kong Democratic Movement and for the Democratic Party as well in the future. So, of course, I understand the sentiments from my party members and from the public. And I'm also very frustrated that many of our party members are remanded. Yeah, and I couldn't talk to them directly. The government says cruises to nowhere should begin by late July at the earliest. The Commerce Minister Edward Yao said cruise operators needed time to prepare for these short voyages in international waters, such as improving ventilation and installing tracking devices on board. Passengers and crew must be fully vaccinated. Crew will be tested regularly while passengers must show a negative result within 48 hours of boarding. Children and people with health conditions are exempt from such requirements. If a suspected infection is found, Mr Yao said the vessel would be ordered to return to Hong Kong immediately. Because they are in fact around Hong Kong waters, so they can be back to town in a relatively short period of time. Then our point sort of return, then all these sort of emergency arrangements will kick in. Uh, Definitely there will be a need for full testing of every passengers. There will be steps to identify who are the closer contact and then medical advice, public health advice will follow on how to sort of differentiate them, whether some of them will, will need to be quarantined. A co-founder of the Society for Asylum Seekers and Refugees has welcomed plans to include the city's 13,000 such claimants in the COVID vaccination programme. Isabella Ng says the government is doing a great job and has been very responsive to their concerns. She says the refugees want more information about the jabs and the risks, including whether they could choose not to have it. Some of them actually, the refugees especially, they have been granted the right to work. If they want to work in some of these restaurants, like especially the catering business, they actually would require their staff to do the vaccination. So for them, this is actually a big help. And for some others who are the asylum seekers, I think they generally want to know more. They want to get more information because the International Social Service has been asking them for the details whether they would want to do the vaccination or not. A unionist has called on the government to mandate two days off for people who get inoculated against COVID-19 to boost the take-up rate. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, has said civil servants may be given time off for vaccination, but Bill Tang from the pro-government Federation of Trade Unions said this should apply to everyone. The MTR Corporation says it'll be ready to resume cross-boundary train services once mainland and Hong Kong officials reopen the border. High-speed services to the mainland have been suspended for over a year since the pandemic started. At the moment, Hong Kong residents can return from the mainland without doing quarantine via a scheme called Return to HK. The rail company's CEO is Jacob Cam. As to the um, opening or reopening of the boundary, Uh, This will be the decision between uh, the mainland government and Hong Kong government. We will, of course, uh, 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 get ready uh, to provide the cross 
uh, boundary surface as soon as uh, the governments have agreed to reopen the boundary. MTR officials declined to say how much compensation it would receive from the government for losses suffered during the suspension. They also say in the next decade the corporation plans to invest $100 billion in new rail lines and property development. Research suggests up to 14% of elderly people don't claim welfare subsidies they're entitled to because they're embarrassed or it's too troublesome to apply. Stefan Kuna, an associate professor in sociology and social policy at Lingnan University, says they surveyed more than 3,000 elderly people last year. He praised government efforts to use social welfare department records to automatically enrol welfare claimants. And that's so useful because it removes the burden of application from the claimants and some might argue it puts the burden on the side of the government. Now, auto-enrollment is not possible in all of these existing welfare schemes, but simpler application forms, for example, providing better online information and application systems may be paired with integrated phone interviews and allowing claimants to directly upload verification documents will almost certainly help too. A BBC investigation has learned that artificial intelligence that claims to be able to reveal how a person is feeling is being trialled on weaker people in detention in western China. Here's the BBC's Rahil Sheikh. A software engineer who asked to remain anonymous said that he installed AI-enabled cameras in police stations which claimed to be able to measure what someone was feeling and thinking by detecting minute changes in blood flow and skin pores in the face. He said the system was used on Uyghur detainees to test its accuracy. He claims the software was intended for, in his words, pre-judgments without any credible evidence of wrongdoing. The Chinese embassy didn't respond to questions about the use of emotional recognition software, but said the rights of all ethnic groups in Xinjiang were fully guaranteed. The United States Secretary for Health, Xavier Becerra, has called on the World Health Organization to ensure transparency in the next phase of investigations into the origins of the pandemic. A series of media reports in the U.S. suggests there's growing evidence the virus emerged from a laboratory in Wuhan rather than from animals. China has rejected the theory, is the BBC's Gary O'Donoghue. Speaking to the World Health Organization, Javier Becerra didn't mention China by name, but made it clear the US expected more rigor in the next stage of any investigation. Phase two of the COVID origin study must be launched with terms of reference that are transparent, science-based, and give international experts the independence to fully assess the source of the virus and the early days of the outbreak. Publicly, intelligence figures have been saying they still don't know where, when or how the virus emerged. One distinct option, according to some scientists, is that a conclusive answer will never be found. U.S. media say prosecutors in New York have convened a grand jury to decide whether to indict the former President Donald Trump on criminal charges. The jury will consider evidence gathered during investigations into Mr. Trump's business dealings and the alleged payment of hush money to women on the president on the former president's behalf. Mr. Trump has denied any wrongdoing. After a day of talks with Israeli and Palestinian leaders, the U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says both sides need to rec- both sides recognise the need to address the roots of their conflict. He said a two-state solution establishing a Palestinian state alongside Israel was the only option. Mr. Blinken was speaking on the first day of a Middle East tour. Across the meetings uh, that I've had so far, I've heard a shared recognition from all sides that um, steps need to be taken, work needs to be done to address the underlying conditions that help fuel this latest conflict. 
the ceasefire creates space to begin uh, to take those steps. President Biden has urged the U.S. Congress to pass a police reform bill and quickly in memory of George Floyd. After a private meeting at the White House with Mr. Floyd's relatives exactly a year after he was killed by a white policeman, Mr. Biden said both accountability and trust were needed in the justice system. One of Floyd's brothers, Philonis, thanked the president. It was great. Uh, he's a genuine guy. Uh, they always speak from the heart. And it's a pleasure just to be able to have the chance to meet with him when we have that opportunity too. Um, we're just thankful for what's going on and we just want this George Floyd Policing Act to be passed in the future. Russia and the United States have confirmed that Vladimir Putin will hold talks with Joe Biden in Geneva next month. White House spokeswoman Jen Psaki rejected criticism by Republicans that the summit amounted to a reward for bad behavior by the Russian authorities. We may have forgotten over the last couple of years, but this is how diplomacy works. We don't meet with people only when we agree. It's actually important to meet with leaders when we have a range of disagreements, as we do with Russian leaders. So we don't regard the meeting with the Russian president as a reward. We regard it as a vital part of defending America's interests. The last summit between the country's leaders three years ago caused controversy when Donald Trump sided with the Kremlin over his own intelligence services on the issue of election interference. Cuba says the United States has granted visas to its national baseball team to participate in a qualifying tournament in Florida for the Tokyo Olympics. The move has been welcomed in Cuba, which has the most successful baseball team in Olympic history. Here's the BBC's Warren Bull. The Cuban Baseball Federation says it hopes to travel to Florida on Wednesday ahead of the qualifying tournament and has thanked U.S. baseball officials and several Olympic committees for their support. The process of applying for American visas became more difficult when President Trump cut consular services in Havana and the coronavirus pandemic added to the problem. But after lobbying by Cuba, Washington allowed the baseball team to make an application last week. While it's too early to tell if the decision hints at a wider thawing of relations between Havana and Washington under President Biden, Cuba will nonetheless welcome the chance to add to its record Olympic medal hall in its national sport. A new report suggests climate change could put the health of Olympic athletes at risk during the forthcoming Tokyo Games. Here's the BBC's Alex Kapstick. Temperatures in excess of 35 Celsius combined with humidity levels above 70% await athletes bound for the Tokyo Olympics. This report, entitled Rings of Fire, shows that over the last century Japan's capital has been warming up at a rate more than three times faster than the world's average. The study reveals the dangers these hostile conditions pose to competitors in terms of their health and performance, especially for those in outdoor endurance events like triathlon, the marathon, cycling and rowing. Heat exhaustion, even heat stroke, are possible outcomes. Financial markets now and in currencies. The US dollar is trading at 108.80 yen. The euro is 1 US dollar and 22 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 99 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 29,111, 210 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $85 billion. Sport now and European football's governing body has opened disciplinary proceedings against Barcelona, Real Madrid and Juventus over their involvement in the proposed European Super League. They're the only clubs of the 12 founding members of the collapsed breakaway league who haven't renounced the project. Here's the BBC's Murray Bennell. Nine of the founding 12 clubs have already abandoned the idea of a European Super League, reaffirmed their commitment to UEFA 
and been punished for trying to start an unsanctioned tournament. But Real Madrid, Barcelona and Juventus have done the opposite, issuing a joint statement committing themselves to the project. UEFA says it's investigating a potential violation of its legal framework. Real Madrid's Florentino Perez, the chairman of the European Super League, recently said that all 12 clubs that agreed to join have binding contracts and cannot leave. But Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, Tottenham Hotspur, AC Milan, Inter Milan and Atletico Madrid have already abandoned the idea. The potential punishments for the other three include expulsion from future editions of the Champions League and Europa League. Next to the build-up to tonight's Europa League final between Manchester United and Villarreal. The game is taking place in the Polish city of Gdansk. United finished second in the English Premier League, but they haven't won a major trophy in four years. The United midfielder Bruno, Bruno Fernandes, still in his first season with the club, says now is the time to claim silverware. It's a signal for us. Is We have to understand we are growing up step by step. This was 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 a good step, I think. We, we could do much better this season, we know that, uh, because we went for another semi-final, we went for a quarter-final where we lose in the FA Cup, uh, we could go through in the Champions League, uh, we could win many games, uh, many things, but at, uh, at this point, most important is we give that step to be in the final and now we have to do well to win the final. United are favourites against the Villarreal side that finished 7th in La Liga. They're led by Unai Emery. Having been sacked by Arsenal, Emery was asked if he felt he had something to prove as he meets another English side in the final. Not at all. I feel my duty is only to Villarreal and I am very proud to be able to defend this Villarreal project. The president and everyone who has been working for years to construct this huge project in this little town and in Europe. I want to enjoy it. There is no feeling of revenge against any English team or English people. I am proud working for this club and I am proud to defend the Villarreal colours. NHL and after back-to-back overtime defeats on the road, the Nashville Predator, the Carolina Hurricanes won Game Five against the Nashville Predators, three-two, and they now lead their first-round series by three games to two. Toronto up two-one in the series, play Game Four in Montreal. And to end the news and the top stories once again, the Democratic Party says it's not yet ready to decide whether to contest this year's LegCo elections. The government says cruises to nowhere should start by late July at the latest. And the Kerry Lamb administration's decision to inoculate asylum seekers gets the thumbs up from a community group. The news from RTHK.
Subsidy scheme for designated professions or sectors will subsidize students admitted to designated self-financing sub-degree programs. In the 2021-22 academic year, the annual subsidy amount will be up to 22,050 Hong Kong dollars or 38,400 Hong Kong dollars, depending on the program. For details, please search online for SSSDP and visit the designated website. Oh, oh, oh. 